on this episode of Quantum Week, June 7th through 13th, 2009. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about movies and music and headlines and anything that's happening during that time period to make it unique. And today we're continuing uh, through June 7th through 13th, 2009 with the taking of Pelham 123 and Blame It. Yeah, instantly. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we just covered Up. We just covered, uh, what was the movie we just did before that? Oh, oh The Hangover. The Hangover, right. You know, in the next week we have Borat. We've got... The departed. Uh, departed prestige. The prestige. And then right in the middle of all that is this trashy movie. This boring. This is a piece of shit. Movie. Movie. It, it's just it exists. And then you ask why? Why does it exist? It and I don't exist. really know why. Besides the fact that both the writer and the director Tony Scott are kind of hit or miss. That's sort of my takeaway. It's like sometimes they do good stuff and sometimes they don't do good stuff. That's pretty fair. I think that's a pretty good, I mean, I mean, it's about true about most people, but Tony Scott is really up and He's down. sort of really up and down. I think Roger Ebert said it best about this movie. There's not much wrong with Tony Scott's The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, except there's not really much right about it either. Yeah, that's that's exactly. And my, my bone of contention is like, just why does it exist? There's really no reason for this movie to exist in the it, world. It's the third version of this. There's yeah, been there's two others movie. before. Yeah, I never count TV movies. There's two. There's oh, a, I didn't know that was a TV. Yeah, there's, there's, there is, there's, there's really only one version. Oh, okay. The 74 version. And, but like, but why, not just why we make this, but like, why does this even, like, why is this here? Like, what are we doing? And I don't really know. I mean, it, it doesn't really, it just, just kind of exists. It didn't, it didn't really make any money. It, you know, it, it, no, it cost a lot to make. Yeah. That's the thing is a hundred million dollars and they had to be ex- like to make a hundred million dollar movie. You'd think that someone would be excited about it. Someone would have been like, oh my God, we got to do this film, but I can't imagine anybody being excited about this. And even like Denzel's like sleepwalking through he is. it. Yeah. I think this is one of his worst performances I've ever another seen. Another example of like Denzel doing a part that is so far beneath him. It really is. There's no reason for him to be in this role. Yeah. Now, did you see, I think it's unstoppable. That's the next movie. Tony Scott. Did right. So was. Tony does two train films in a row. With with Denzel Denzel. I think I saw it. It's with Chris Pine, yeah, but exactly. I don't, I don't remember it. Yeah. I just saw it actually a few months ago. Oh, you did. Um, and it, it, it's another, it's not a good, it's not a, it's not like a great movie. Okay. Okay. But it's so much more interesting and so much better than this. Was more happen so basically the all the action in this film is happening in two rooms. It's like the train dispatch room and then the stopped train. And it's kind of true about Unstoppable as well. Oh, is it? It's very similar in in like Weird. Uh, like that part. The only difference is Unstoppable having has a better premise. So what's the premise of this one? We want to give you a synopsis first. Yeah, so Ryder, uh played by Travolta is a former fund manager. He's turned thug. Um, he hijacks a train and passengers in order to spook the markets, which he shorted so that he could make a bunch of money. And Garber, who's played by uh, Denzel Washington is the train dispatcher that Ryder ends up talking to. Yeah. So the, the unstoppable is a train that's just on the run that no one can, can stop. It's a, it's a freight train that's just oh, okay. that's going, the brakes are out. Right. And it's going as fast as possible. And it's just, it's just, and it has all of this like a uh, really explosive material. It's kind of it. like speed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And the whole premise is to stop the train. Right. But it's kind of fun seeing this train like fly through these towns. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's just, and it's, and it's shot pretty interesting. Uh, and it's just what this movie is like, just boring. It's like, it, <laughs> It's just, there's just not much to it. I mean, I, I like seeing New York. I love seeing the subway. So those are, so when this movie came out in 2009, those are, those were the newest subway cars. So even when I lived in New York from 12 to 16, 
So even if from 12 to 16, I happen to get on one of those subways that work like that, I was like, oh, a new train. Like, you were really oh, happy to get I it. I see, yeah. So, like, it was so funny seeing, like, every train be like, what I call it at the time, like, a new train. It's like, oh, they all got a new, <laughs> what, what lucky drivers they were. That new train still looks decades behind what San Francisco and the Bay Area have. Oh, like, the BART looks yeah. so much better State than State of the art at the time. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and just, there's just nothing to it. I, I just... And I hate the way it's shot too, by the way, it's all jagged yeah. and choppy, even like so or blurry filming or, you know, like a lot of stop time. Even the, the um, sound editing was so fucking annoying where you'd go from this. There'd be like a melody, some sort of, you know, music playing and then it would stop abruptly to like sound harsh sounds of like trains and things yeah. to the melody, like back and forth, back and forth. It was just so un. Not even uncomfortable, just like annoying. It's just annoying. Annoying. It, it's really jarring. It takes you out of the movie. Unstoppable has a lot of that stuff too. So Tony Scott did two movies I want to mention. He did True Romance. Yep. Which is phenomenal. It's a great That's movie. A great it's really good. I know yeah. I say phenomenal on this show, but this True Romance truly is phenomenal. Yeah. And then he does, he does Domino a few years later, uh, I don't, which is terrible. I don't know that film. Uh, it's with Kira Knightley. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's really bad. Okay. And, uh, tr- but yeah, that's when he started doing a lot of these things. It's like jagged, like, Oh, he started, that became a style. Yeah. I don't know really, why. Like if you watch true romance, that's not the case. He uses color in true romance in yes, kind of an does. odd way, but it's like, it's not bad. It's, ent- it's interesting. Tony Scott did Crimson Tide too. Did Crimson and, Tide, and did Revenge doesn't look like that. Um, yeah, he did, like, uh, around like, so around Man like, on Fire does though. Yeah, it's around the turn of the century. That's after Domino. Right. It, he started doing these, like, these shitty... I, I don't like it. It's not... I don't like it. Man on Fire, I like a lot better than this film. I think that one's way more interesting, you know, because you got the... the rela- basically, relationship between Denzel trying to find, you know, this this little girl who's been kidnapped. Right. Um, isn't that the... That's the premise, right? I, I, you know, yeah, I, that's her. That's her. I, she I, gets, she gets I, kidnapped. I haven't seen he goes after entirety. I've it's only good. seen, like, chunks of it. Oh, then you must not have liked it then. But I, I no, liked no, that. No, no, it wasn't. Actually, it was just... It was... Uh, I, I, I caught, like, an HP... Like, yeah, I see. Uh, it wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't against the movie. I, I really just never sat down and gave it a fair shake. Right. I think um, it's really good. No, it, it's it's gotten it's well re, it's well reviewed. It's 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 considered to be a good good movie. Yeah. This is not. This is forgotten. No, about, no, and no, it's, no. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be remembered at all. It's 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 pretty. It's pretty flat. The other um, thing is, uh, so in the last show, I think we mentioned. Did we talk about Denzel in the last one or well, a couple ago? Pelican Brief. Pelican Brief. Um. He was in, oh, he was in, and Tony Scott directed Deja Vu. That was the movie that I f- forgot about where he's oh, like seeing the future. Okay. that That's the one. There's like a, some sort of mask. Some rough movies in here. Um, so uh, th- this has a, um, a interesting performance by John Travolta, I guess. I think he's terrible in this film, but I never, I don't really like Travolta at all. I he's don't think he's believable. Good, right? He's not believable. He's not a good actor. So can you imagine that this character was once a fund manager? No. Can you see him as a fund manager no. on Wall Street? And can you see him as a, as a killer? As a killer, maybe not, not really. Not I, I more so than a fund manager. He's a thug now though. He's got that neck tattoo. Yeah. He's a fund manager. He's, he's dating man- model, bringing models to Iceland. Not only that, but his he has, seems to have like one emo like his, he plays angry yes. just the entire, but he can't shift off of that like believably. And he doesn't do anger very well. The way he says "motherfucker" is so stupid. Very it's, odd. It sounds so. This is square. the last. So he was in. So the last decade, if you look through his filmography, <sighs> I'm not going to bore you details, but it's all movies you've never heard of. He did in 2016. He was in the O.J. Simpson. Uh, That's right. On, on was it the people versus yeah, or something? And yeah. he was Robert. Shapiro, I haven't seen that. And he's actually. He's interesting. He helped produce it and he got an Emmy out of it. Yeah. Um, but he's not, he's not horrible in it. And it's interesting. He's doing some different things. He's not a good actor. I don't think he's a good actor. No, he's not. So he's, he's been in, in a couple cool roles. He's in Pulp it. Fiction. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he's, but, uh, Vincent Vega 
in Pulp Fiction is so distant and removed. The part of it he's is He's on drugs the whole time. He's on drugs, and a lot of it, he's also masking what I imagine to be horrible guilt from all these yes, murders he's committed. of course, yeah. So he's basically numbed himself, right? right? And you see him kind of wake up a couple of times when they shoot Marvin in the car, yeah. and a couple of other times when he does kind of snap out of it. Maybe when he sees Uma Thurman, he realizes yep. he kind of wants to fuck Uma Thurman's character. Yep, yep, yep. So a couple of times, but other than that, he just kind of is like zoned out. Yeah. And Travolta does that really well. He did a Welcome Back Cotter. Yeah. He, he can kind of do that. But beyond that, there's not a lot there. And no. he's not a good actor. Nope, he's not. And, and and he's, you know, it's funny. He reminds me a lot of like Patrick Sweezy. You think so? A little bit. Because the, the different, the big difference is Travolta was good looking as a 20 something, but quickly that faded. So what I don't understand is he's not a good actor. He's not a good looking guy anymore. How does he get roles? Well, he, he's a bigger name. I get it. Was Sweezy, I mean, well, he, he kept getting, well, he also had this bizarre career where he kept getting these comebacks. Remember he, his career fell yeah. off the map and he does look who's talking. Yeah. Then his career falls off the map again. He gets Pulp Fiction. Right. And that gives him quite a boost. And then, you know, it kind of falls off. So he keeps having these like revivals. He does look who's talking. Yeah. Who's he and look who's talking. He's, he's not the baby. He's, he's the man. I can't remember. I must not. Yeah, he's the guy. Bruce ago, Willis so. is the baby. It's, That's right. It's Bruce him Willis. and Kirstie Alley, right? Or the oh yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So you're he right. has those three movies, and you know, but you know, but you know, but that was kind of. I remember when Luke was talking about. He's like, oh my god, Travolta's back, and then Pulp Fiction, Travolta's back, right? And then you know, I feel like you know, every ten that kind of has. You saw it a little bit this past year when that movie Gotti came out. Yeah, that was supposed to be. Oh my god, Travolta's back. But I guess it was a horrible movie. It was I haven't seen. It. I guess it was like horrible, like <laughs> like one Razzies and stuff, and um, so that kind of ended the whole Travolta's back thing there, but. He's not good. Like, he's not a good actor. Um, and the script doesn't help him in any way. Like, I don't understand why he would feel like he was being railroaded. He was a fund manager, did some dirty things, went to jail. Right. Maybe because, I guess, it sounded like his sentence may have been bloated. Long, make, yeah, I guess, but still. The other thing is, like, so, I don't really I don't really understand this part. So, they they make no secret this guy at one point worked for the stock market. Like, he he's saying stock marketing yeah, kind of things right exactly. off the bat. Yeah, but. I guess it's supposed to be a big reveal that he used to be a trader. Right. But it's not a surprise because he said you know. stock markety things the entire fucking time. He yeah. obviously works for the stock. He obviously was an investor. And you know that he's not doing this for $10 million. That wouldn't be enough to risk all this shit. Like it, it, does, it doesn't make sense. You knew it had something to do with the market. Can you? Okay. So here's my issues with it. Yeah. A, one yeah. thing is doesn't make any sense. Just because you hold a subway hostage, yeah. the market wouldn't tank. It doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't think so either. I don't think it would Why tank would like that. Why would any impact in the market? Because one guy is holding 17 people hostage? It doesn't yeah, make any sense. It doesn't make sense. I guess, well, they wanted the terrorist story out, but that but that didn't even... But people were quick to, to poo-poo that, so I don't so think So if you're going to do that, it. just go in like hoods and dress like, bin, right. dress like uh, you know, bin Laden. Right. Yeah, just like the Taliban. If you want, to, if that's what you want to do, that might, I know because people must be held at gunpoint every he's day in, New York. in front of snipers. Like, yeah, he's obviously he's contained. It's yeah. So that's one thing. And then also, can you in one day? Okay, so let's say it does work. Let's say you do tank the market because sure. like seventy people held hostage in a subway in New York. So let's say it does. So then, can you if you notice the market didn't drop? It dropped a couple hundred points. It wasn't that bad? I thought it was something like for some reason I remember like seven percent. Okay, something like that. So then, can you? I'm not, I'm not. No, can you turn extra, 2 million into, into 300, 300 million? million? 150 times? No, not likely. Does not make any sense? Not likely. I mean, you could like a hundred percent return or, sure. you know, 500% return. Yeah, maybe two into four, 10 million, you, you sure. would have been way, a lot more valuable. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. That doesn't make a lot of sense. No, I'm like 300 million. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, it didn't. I, that it sounds didn't. insane. But the other thing too is 
Why would you care about the 10 million? So they're, they're trying to get away. Right. And the reason why they didn't is because they were too fucking slow. Right. But why would you care? Like drop the $10 million the and get the fuck out of there. Give it to your guys and just like run off. Yeah. Those guys got caught real fast too. That was so stupid. And then they Plus had to stand off. If they put tracking elements in the bank, right. the money itself you don't. is it's a not, huge. It's worthless to you. Right. You have 300 million. Right. That's nothing. Number one. Number two. Okay. You knew. You knew that Denzel Washington is going to shoot fucking um, Ryder. Well, the cops take so long to get oh, there. Oh, I the know, I know. So the cops are coming. In case you haven't seen the movie, at the end of the movie, the they're, co- like, they're, they're, on, they're on the Manhattan Bridge. The cops are coming like from far away to intercept this uh, confrontation between <laughs> Denzel Washington and, and John Travolta. Very, which very wasn't intense at all. It was like, this is... It was like Denzel Washington's like, he's like on antidepressants. Oh, please stop. He fell asleep during the oh, scene almost. Oh, don't move. And Travolta's and like, I don't know, whatever, kill me. Yeah, okay. just, whatever. I was like, can we just can we get, get our check for this? <laughs> and and Denzel's, Denzel's like, hurry up, policeman. And yeah. And they keep cutting back to the policeman and the policeman they're like further and further, further away back, right? <laughs> <laughs> or a sniper can't take him out from the Huey. I mean, come on number. Okay. But, but the real problem I had is if you are Travolta and you're willing to die in that moment, which is stupid. Like I don't understand that didn't make sense to me the entire way uh, that he was prepared to die. Saying all this to die this was stupid. You get 300 million. What was the purpose of the 300 million? If you just want to die. Right. So, okay. So he's willing to die and he's on this bridge. And Denzel, Denzel's there. You know, he's caught. He's got people coming from all sides. Why wouldn't you take the shot and jump in the water? Why wouldn't you just take the shot? You know, you're going, you're prepared to die, of course. but maybe that that's an escape route. You might make it or why not have a better escape route plan. If you have that's the other thing. You're going to walk across a fucking bridge. You know, there's going to be traffic on the bridge. It's fucking New York. Cops can, if your bridge is trapped, there's nowhere to go. It's Stupid. a horrible plan. Uh, yeah, this movie, I, I, as you can tell, has, has a lot of problems. It's very, very bad. Uh, it's, it's very, very bad. It's very, it's very convoluted. So, con- yeah. I, I, I'm not going to put this in my five worst movies. No, it's um, above. It's above those. I checked two today. It was, it was oddly, in a weird way, entertaining to some level. I wasn't really entertained. He entertains around the word. Uh, I don't say captivated, but I was like, I don't say enthralled, but like whatever that like lower version of that is. Like, I was like intrigued by it. Yeah, You'd, you hadn't seen this before, though, right? I, no, I've never seen this. So I, I saw, saw the it. original years ago with Walter Matthau Do you remember and Robert was, Shaw. Was it similar? Uh, I remember not being that excited about it. I was very young. I was like, I was like twelve. Yeah, so I know I, there's technology differences now too because you've got GPS and cell phones and all that. So it's, and they tried really hard. So, so they tried really hard to integrate like modern technology at one point, and this is complete bullshit. Yeah. So I rode these subways. In fact, I rode. I know exact line that he's on. It's a, the four five six, which is. Uh, it's really the only way to get to uh, East Manhattan. So okay. if you, if you basically you're going to, to go to like on the East side of Manhattan, you have to take four parts. It's very crowded. Yeah. Um, so the train he's on, uh, I've taken a million times in 2009. The idea that you could yet anyone would like use a laptop and talk to someone uh, is right. insane. Right. Your cell phones didn't work down there to like 2015. Yeah. And even then it was like choppy. I never, I lived in New York for four years. I never once so one person use a laptop to talk to somebody else. That, that does not, yeah. no one has, that, that doesn't, that's insane. And the fact that the connection was that good, he's talking to her. It was just, it was just crazy. It was, you know, the other, I, not to go back to John Travolta, but I am going to. The other thing that didn't make sense to me, so he's such a thug, so he's a, such a thug now. He was a fund manager, but prison just turned him into such a thug that he's willing to just shoot people right off the bat. He kills the fucking director. Why whatever. kill anybody? What, exactly. They're hostages. Oh, Boom. Like just so they know you're serious. I guess he's, you have hostages. They're, I guess you're they're serious. trying to show like how crazy this guy is. Yeah, but then that, then then none of it. Who give then who gives a fuck about this guy? Like there's no there's no reason if he's just if we're gonna just sum it up that he's just crazy. 
so the, the another like twist in this movie is that Denzel Washington uh, had committed um, had taken a bribe. Yeah, but they like oh, I hate how they explain that away too. I took a bribe, but it was after you know right. I'd already made the recommendation right. any, or I was going to anyway. It was but like, he's this a, such right. a couched stupid thing. Really dumb. So here's my question to you: Is yeah. this movie more interesting if Denzel Washington is in on this? Oh yeah, way more right? interesting. Yeah, I would be because sh- you'd be shocked. But wouldn't that be cool if it's It'd be like really yeah, cool? Like the last half hour is like him and Travolta like getting away. Yeah. And Holy like, fuck. Yeah. And he was mild mannered the whole time. Right. And then but you it ends see- up because of that bribe. He was and he was demoted and he was pissed off. Yeah. And he actually teamed up because remember he knew the Louis Guzman character. That's right. So what if it was all a fucking thing and they were all in on it? Wouldn't that have been way more it's way, fun? Way better. That's a great idea. Yeah. Fucking where were you? I know. I'll tell you where you weren't with uh, Brian Hegland. So yeah, let's talk Hegland a little bit because this is because he's had an interesting career. That's a, he's kind of Tony Scott. He, actually, I think his ups are a lot higher than t- well, he won an Oscar. Right, but true. Exactly. I'm just thinking this true romance is pretty far up there in ter- like compare that to uh, the director job of that to the writing job of LA confidential. It's yeah. pretty close. That's pretty close. I mean, I like true romance more as a movie, but I mean, I know, love LA but, confidential. But, 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 yeah. but Hagelin won an Oscar and then he, uh, he had Mystic nominated River? again for Mr. River. So that's so, a great one. I mean, you could, you know, so yeah. And then look at the, I just want to redo his, like, this list real quick. So yeah. he has assassins, which is a, a bad I know. movie. He went right from that to, to, LA, uh, confidential. to LA confidential. And then he, he also did conspiracy theory, which is terrible. Do you so think that's Mel that bad? Julia I don't, Roberts, I don't, so boring. I didn't, uh, I didn't mind that one. And he did the postman. Yeah, that's not good. Horrible. That it's Kevin not Costner. That's water, water world too. It's really bad. Then he does payback with Mel Gibson, which is interesting. I think actually movie. payback's it's good. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, Mel Gibson did two movies in the late nineties that and he did ransom. And I actually really like ransom. Really I'm like, a ransom fan. You really like so that. So in 2001, there's a night's tale which is uh, it's like, okay. I yeah. mean, they, they took I some chances. They took some chances with it. Like there were some song elements and okay. it showed what's his face. The guy who's, uh, who played the Joker. Heath Ledger, right? It showed yeah. off his skills a bit. Yeah. Um, all right. It's all right. It's not great. 2002 does bod work, which I, 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 I can't recall. Oh, that's, um, that's a, uh, a Clint Eastwood film. Oh, all right. Is it? I re- yeah. I all remember right. it was good, but I don't, I don't, uh, well, I, I mean, I think it was good, but I don't all recall right. the film. 2003 does mystic river. Yep. And a movie called The Order, which he also, I believe, directs. Not good. He, he directed The Night's Tale as well and directed Payback. Um, 2004 is Man on Fire, which you like. Yeah, that's good. And then he takes five years off and then writes <sighs> um, Taking a Pelham 123. And Not good. A year later, it is uh, Green, Hood, Green Zone and Robin Hood. Green Zone, I remember, pretty, pretty, was pretty like good. Paul Green the Grass, right? Uh, I, the director, I think, yeah, I think so. so. It's with Matt Damon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and in 2013, he writes the movie and directs the movie 42. Which is so by the is book. Is that the Jack, Jackie, uh, Robinson. Jackie Robinson film? It's, I Harrison seen it. Ford plays Branch Rick. It's just, it's just so like it's boring. It's is just it? like it's like a Disney. It's just like very so. If safe. you know the story of Robinson, uh, it's like no point. Yeah, it's just yeah. like very. And then he does a uh, Legend in 2015, and then uh, don't he, know that one. I don't either. And then Spencer Confidential. Terrible. I saw it because it's on Netflix. You saw that? Do not watch that. Yeah, I know the character Spencer. Uh, you know he was he had the TV show. The with TV Spencer. show Robert Earp, and right? whatever. Like yeah. oh, it's on. It was on Netflix, and okay. I was bored. Whatever. But yeah, it, sure. it's it is shit. So like, how do you have such a like high? Like usually, writers are a bit more consistent than that. Yeah, you'd think like, oh, I'm. You have to be a writer. You have to be excited about the material that you're writing, and a lot of this is just shit. <sighs> I don't get it. And some real beautiful stuff too. L.A. Confidential and fucking Mystic River. Those he, are great. He, he, you know, uh, Mr. River was uh, Man on Fire would be fun to write too. I think that those characters, that character would be Denzel's character, would be fun to write. But yeah. Spencer Confidential is not fun. It's shitty. Most of these are shitty. 
there's a lot of stuff has already been adapted, like adapted works. I wonder if he's just like hmm. prisoner to whatever, like Mr. Griver, maybe that, you know, cause that book was, was, pretty, that was, was, a, book. was a good book. You yeah. know, he's able to work with that. But then if something's like not that great, he has a harder time working with it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Louis Guzman in this movie. He, he's like, what's the not point? Not believable. But like, why even in the Like, what are you doing? Just to take a bullet, I guess. He's in it. And pr- I don't like, under, yeah, I didn't understand why, 10 minutes. why it mattered. I guess the connection point would, I guess it was to explain that Ryder's in prison. Uh, and to have knowledge of the trains and to have it set up that well, I guess. No, that's it's fine. Point. I just don't, it just it seems like it's no, he's a bankless role. Yeah. Uh, can we show anything else? Because I want to kind of shift to the Sopranos. One more thing about that, okay. uh, about this is uh, Denzel, wor- uh, Tony Scott worked with Denzel more than he worked with any other actor five yeah. times. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. And a lot, and, and uh, in, a, in a small period of time, yeah, it wasn't it was like they had sure. worked for twenty years. It was, it was almost like a ten year period where yeah. they knocked out all these movies. And it, I think it's a big reason, honestly, why Denzel's, uh, you know, his career. These movies he does with Tony Scott are not good. No, I wonder if Tony Scott did, you know, didn't think to try Travolta off the bridge because, uh, but later on, then figured out that that was the way he was going to kill himself. That's right, he did. He killed him from a bridge. That's true. Jesus, can I know. you imagine? No, no, me neither. His family claimed his brother Ridley yeah. claimed that he had cancer, but then the autopsy said he didn't have cancer. Oh. So I don't really know what that is all about. I don't know. I'm a Ridley fanboy though. Tony Scott's okay, but he's definitely uh, the least talented brother. Um, let's talk Sopranos. Yeah, okay, I don't so, know why, but yeah. So a few things. So uh, there's two cast members of Sopranos in this movie. You have James Gandolfini who plays the mayor. Yep. Uh, who's who's great. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun to have someone like Gandolfini play a mayor role because it is someone you should have a relationship with. I think the role is really poorly written. But it's good because in theory, everyone knows the mayor, just like everyone knows Gandolfini, even sure. though he's not being Tony Soprano here. Yeah. The other one is Michael Raspoli. Now, Michael Raspoli plays Denzel Washington's kind of asshole boss. Oh, that was the other thing I had a problem with. They never, there was no resolution there. None. Ever. No. Okay. Uh, so Raspoli, What was he in? What was he So in? he is Jackie Aprile Sr. He's oh, the, yeah. He's the mob boss. The that's first right. Part. The other thing about him that's really interesting is he was one of two people who was up for Tony Soprano. Really? He was the runner up. Really? Yes. The other one was uh, David Preval, who played Richie Aprile. That's right. So Richie Aprile was like second runner up, but it was between him and uh, Gandolfini and Raspoli for, oh, so uh, and Gandolfini. they gave it to uh, Raspoli, who was Jackie Aprile, who was very good as Jackie Aprile. Very good. Uh, he dying. He, you, he had cancer. When you meet right. him, he's dying of yeah. cancer already. And that's kind of what creates the animosity between Tony and Uncle Junior in right. the first season. Right, right. But so this gives me a great segue between us doing a bad movie this, this week and not not and not really having or this episode not really having a good game. Yeah, I want to talk Sopranos for 10, 15 minutes here. Sure, that's fine. Uh, so Sopranos, I will say, is my favorite work of art, uh, painting, movie, TV, anything, any music, anything in the world. Sure. My favorite thing in the whole world is the Sopranos. Um, I I adore this series to an insane amount. I went to Sopranos Con yes, last year yes. for my fortieth birthday. Uh, I, I just, I love all things Sopranos. I think it's, I think it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Um, what's your relationship with Sopranos? Um, I watched it for the first time based on your recommendation earlier this year. Oh yeah. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I, I just blitzkrieged right through the first five seasons okay. or for all, all five seasons. I'll probably, I will probably more wa- than five seasons, seven seasons, right? Yeah. The so last six and seven is the same. I don't right, know. Yeah. Yeah. Five. There's, um, it's, it's complicated how they split it up, but yes, there's, there's but I wouldn't have seen that time. Cause there was a break between six and seven in real time. F- oh, so a couple long breaks between uh, four and five. Yeah. And uh, so I never yeah. experienced that. Right. But I really liked it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite thing ever, but I am going to watch it again. Cause I think there's a lot of subtleties in the, yeah. in, in it that I just, you wouldn't catch the first time through. But now that I know the story and everything, I also did. I, t- I think I told you this. I made the mistake. Just the way that it shows up in Amazon, I started watching oh the, the last season first, and it was like, "Is this an all a dream situation?" Because at, at at that point, he's in a he's in like a coma. 
Yeah, she, yeah, you watched. Yeah, or was it six? Basically, uh, like like six. He's been shot. Yes. Yeah. So right. So I'm like, is this whole series a fucking dream? Like he's in a coma. I don't get what's happening. Um, but then I rated the ship, and I, I thought it was great. It's just I wouldn't say it's my favorite thing ever, but I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again sometime. Yeah, yeah it's 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 just just so wonderful. The characters, the writing, yeah. David Chase genius. If you're a big Sopranos fan, you haven't read it yet. I would recommend reading the Sopranos sessions. It's a uh, it's a book. Uh, I recommend you grabbing this uh, if you do a rewatch. It's with mm. uh, written by uh, Adam Alan Seppenwall and uh, Matt Zolazeist. And uh, the first half of the book is each episode gets a recap. And there's oh, cool. free recaps. So if you actually never seen the show, you can kind of start and you can read it each as you go, which is kind of fun. And then the second half of the book is uh, a series of interviews they did with David Chase. Oh, really? And they talk about each season and it is just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the insight that David Chase has and uh, whether it be the casting process or, uh, you know, you know how they react to when certain characters when actors die during shooting or not shooting, but during, you know, the, 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 sure. the, the run of the show rather, yeah. or, you know, how they dealt with other elements, other plot things. It, it's, it's really great. You see Sopranos even throughout. So, uh, Terrence Winter was a writer. He went on to do Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, um, which I haven't seen. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's good. Is it good? It's good. Let's check it out. Uh, T. Buscemi. It's, it's yeah. Good. Um, and Mad Men was. Um, yeah, I love Mad I'm Men. Flaking on the the showrunner there. Oh my god, I'm gonna hate myself later. Um, he was a Sopranos writer, right. uh, For the last three seasons, yeah. He went on to, to do Mad Men. Uh, it, it, it Sopranos was the first show to like. So there's a. Episode of Sopranos, it's called, uh, if you're familiar with Sopranos, it's called College. Uh, Tony's taking Meadow to his daughter to work at different colleges in Maine. Uh, and, and trying to take someone out at the well, same time. What happened time. was, around, all on this trip, he realizes he run, he, he uh, a, a former snitch right. is hiding out in Maine. Yeah. And he's like, holy fuck, I got this guy. This guy put a lot of my friends in jail. I got this guy. Yeah. So he kind of spends the second half of the episode trying to hunt down this snitch while also trying to be a good dad to his daughter. Which is failing miserably at. Yes. In fact, in both scenarios, in both scenarios he's having a hard time. He, he's having a right. real hard time. It's really hard, hard yeah. time juggling it. Eventually, he does find the snitch and he yep. kills him in, in cold blood, really. Yeah. Um, does he strangle him? He does. Yeah. And there was a lot of pushback made HBO was like, well, you can't have your main character kill someone in cold blood like this. Like, you, you know, you're gonna have real blowback. And David Chase is like, well, if we don't have a mob boss kill a guy in cold blood, we're gonna lose the audience anyway. Yeah, no one's gonna believe it. And it was kind of a tipping point for HBO. It was also kind of a tipping point in a lot of ways, I feel, for like mm-hmm. modern media and what we consider to be like, what we consider to be entertainment now between Breaking Bad sure. and The Shield. Think about all these shows that came after that that had these anti-hero characters, even Don Draper to some extent. Yeah. We have to course. have these guys do evil things if we're going to have them be evil or else it doesn't count. Because right. you think about like the this, this season Sopranos came out, it, I believe it lost. It was 99, the first episode. 99 was the first year. It was along with West Wing. The year before, uh, the, the show that won best drama in mm-hmm. TV was The Practice on ABC. I think it was I was like gettable lawyer show yeah. where no one was really that bad. It was just, it was just, it was a, it was a, it was a typical nineties lawyer sure. show. So to have that shift from that to like Sopranos and even like, you know, West wing to some extent, but Sopranos, now you have people who are, if they're bad guys. They're going to do real bad things and it right. really changed the game. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, just one element of how Sopranos not counting the music and the way it's shot, it's shot like a film. Yeah. The serialized nature of it. The fact that David Chase believed the audience wouldn't forget a small detail and you could use that same detail. You, uh, the wire even does this. Yeah, exactly. They use something yeah. in, in episode, in the first season and they'll play it. They'll have a payoff in season five because it treats the audience with respect. Yeah. I really love Sopranos. Um, if you ever want to talk Sopranos, I, I, I'm, I love it. I'll, I'll talk theories and, and 
forever. Um, I, I re- really enjoy it. And uh, do you remember the two two episodes back to back that I texted you on? It's something like the pine. Not, I don't know if it was the pine, pine barons. Pine barons, and the one before was the one where uh, Tony ends up killing his mistress. I think doesn't he kill her? He doesn't kill any mistresses. He doesn't kill his mistress. So that, I mean, so that same, they attack each other though. They fight. They, that is Pine Barrens. It's actually the same episode. Is it the same? Yeah. And so the one Gloria, before Gloria Trollo throws like the, the the piece of meat at her. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, the episode before so too leaves. was something weird. Maybe it was like a heroine. She was. Oh, mistress was like on heroin or something. There was a. There was no. Nope, she never was on like, heroin. Damn it. There yep. was some sort of carryover between the two episodes. Nope. I remember. So uh, there is. It's her. The next episode is when I think after that is when he he really kind of throws her down. On Maybe the table that's and, like, what it really, is. Really chokes her out. Yeah. 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 And those two episodes were like those. This is like two of my favorite things. It's fantastic. Watching those two yeah, it's right in a row. Really amazing. Like, and the Gloria storyline is, is it, and that's all. Yeah, I believe that's all season four. Um, yeah. If I, correctly, I think it's the, uh, I think it's episodes. Um, it's so the last episode that season is great to white caps, which kind of shows the, yeah, the marriage yeah, yeah, yeah. disintegrating. Right. The whole season four is really about a marriage disintegrating. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's the ruthlessness and the, the fact that you see this character, this giant Tony Soprano, you know, this James going to be this monster of a man grab this uh, Annabella Sciorra, a smaller, yeah. smaller actress, just throw her down like that. With it, It's it's startling Shocking, to watch. It's yeah. really it's really difficult to watch. Uh, and yeah, it's it, it, it's it's a painful show. It's, I think it's the funniest. So the funniest thing, funniest show, anything I've ever seen is Sopranos. It mixes drama with comedy so well. And the comedy comes from out of, out of left field all the time. And it, it's just so well done. Uh, yeah, I could... If you're a fan of Kirk Manahan show, I know a lot of Barlow's are like, you've heard all these great quotes. Like sure. it, 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 it's just all these characters are so rich and well-defined and believable, but yet ridiculous at the same time. It, I, I love this show. I think the last season is my favorite. What's your favorite season? The very last. So I call it season seven is yeah. my, is my favorite season. Six yeah. B whatever is my favorite season. Uh, season two is also really good. Yeah. Um, season one is odd. So if you, if you've never seen it, you start watching it. Uh, season one is a little bit, um, I say cartoony, but a little bit lighter in tone sure. than any other seasons. Stick with it. Get through season two. If you're still in season two, then it's not for you. But I, I can't imagine the show isn't for anybody. This is just so good. All right. But yeah, so a lot of my, so I do love Spartan. So since 99s came out, you know, we, we, we do show quantum week or what are we doing this time? I, I've rewatched the show five times now. I've done like five rewatches of it. So mm. at any point since 99, I was watching, watching Sopranos <laughs> on some level, you know, either a year before or a year after. Like, I really love the show. It means a lot to me. And, uh, I love Sopranos and, and I'm glad it was, it's always fun in, in like this to see, be, to see, see. Yeah. Anytime you see something shot in New York in the, you know, between two, you know, 99 and whatever, or even before that to see some of these actors that I love in Sopranos, see them show up is always a, like a treat. Right. So it's fun to see too. And I saw the credits like, Oh shit. We're supposed this too. I thought it was weird that Gandolfini was in this film just because at, at 2009, he's like, I mean, He's big. People know him. Yeah, I mean, Sopranos off the air for a couple of years, so you know he's probably you know a chance to work with Denzel. I guess, chance, yeah. You know, at that point, you know, he was very much typecast as Tony Soprano. So it's like, all right, what do I do here? You know, he did um the last cat was it Last Castle, the one with um he did that Redford. He, with Redford. So that was the middle of his Sopranos run. Oh, was it? Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. Um, that. but you know, you think about when this was over, he did um Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, that's right. Uh, he put Leon Panetta. Yeah. He does this. He does a, uh, he did a romantic comedy with uh, Julia Drivers. I haven't Never seen it. I really want to see it. It looks really good. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. He actually did David Chase's movie as well. David Chase did a movie about like a, like a teenage, like, uh, like a boy is really into like rock music in the sixties, like a coming of age film. And he plays the boy's father. Do, do you remember what it's called? I think it was called. Yeah. It's it has an odd name. It that's didn't, it, it was a box office bomb. It didn't do well. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, again, I think, do you like him in this? 
I do. He's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think he's just good in general. Everything I, I see him and I'm like, another oh, reason he made you know this too. Tony Scott, right? He was in true romance. Yeah. He played the most brutal hitman and he throws up truck hit all Oof. around. It's, it's, Oh brutal. yeah, that's right. That's right. And he's a monster. And that's a big reason why he got Sopranos is because uh, David Chase knew he could play a monster if he had to. Uh, he was also in the Mexican with Brad Pitt. And and, uh, and Julia. Yeah, exactly. That was during the, I mean, that, I that was during the run of Sopranos. Must have been. Well. I mean, near the early end. 2000 or yeah. Right. I, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, early 2000s. Something. Um, yeah, I remember he was a hit. He was a gay he, hitman, I that's think. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and he played a hitman a lot. I think he's a, he, he didn't get shorty, right? Isn't he a hitman? I think he is. I, he, yeah. He, the 90s, that's what he did. He kind of played this, like, you know, beefy. He's this beefy well, guy. I mean, and, yeah. and he kind of just played these, like that. Kind, of, kind of played these kind of guys. Right. But he has a lot of depth, and I mean, he get, really got to showcase that in the Sopranos. Yeah. But if, yeah, if, if you've never seen Sopranos, which I, I, some people haven't. But you've seen well, two romance, yeah. you know, you've seen that monster and you can see that he can turn evil on. But then on the next beat, he, you know, he's such a great sociopath because he can be charming. You know, you believe him as a mayor in a lot you of do. ways, even though no mayor is ever like looks like him. Really? No, nah. that would be weird. But he's he is charming. And the way he reacts to things, he, he does have kind of that you, you buy him. Plus, he's such a great actor. I think Gandolfini is just brilliant. He thinks he's great. Tony Soprano is my, the greatest TV show character ever. All right. I mean, I can't argue with that. Right. I don't know where I would argue, how I would argue it. Yeah. It's tough some people might say Don Draper. Some people might say like Tom's Walter great. White. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, there I can see. Yeah. You know, those are good ones. I, I believe Tony Soprano is, is the greatest. All some, right. Some people might even say Archer Bunker. Yeah. Some might. Sam Malone. There's a, a lot of nominees. There could be. We'll, we'll have to do that. Ralph top 10 Crandon. Sometime. If you're old school, really old school. We'll have to do that. Top 10 sometime. Yeah. We don't, we don't talk TV too much here. Huh? No, Matt really wants to get to this song. It's not that it's uh yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to, it doesn't matter. Keep I'll talk. Show. We'll Keep talk. the show moving. We can talk as long as we want. No, I just, I just, we don't Fuck talk. It. We don't go. I, I really decided no, the movie is such a, the movie sucks. I'm trying to climb my palate. The, the song is weird. The, so the song, I'm not a fan of the song. That's what I was just, I was like, you know, I was just thinking of just fun TV shows. It's just more enjoyable, but we can, <laughs> we should probably should move on. We can talk about the song. Okay. So the song is blame it by Jamie Foxx. Yeah. And the, I picked this on purpose. Yeah. Um, because, I've had it in my head since I first heard it in 2009. It like it. It's such a weird song. It's a very weird song. I have a hard. T- that's the thing. I have a hard time categorizing it. I have a hard time putting it in a box. It, it is, but it's, to me, it's so forgettable. I always, oh, it's I not was, forgettable to I me at all. I, I thought it was kind of an odd song too, but it's, for me, it's like it was just like it went like went right through me like a ghost like flew right past. Like, you know what I mean? It's like it was just gone. No, it hit me because this sounds like a parody song to me. Like everything is so over the top. That's why I love it. It's because I can't. I just can't so you tell. Like this song? Yeah, and it's sort of a in a weird way. I do in a weird way. Um, the did you watch the video? I, I did. Not. I remembered it. Oh my god, the video is ridiculous. All right. You've got slow rolling. You got all these um, A and B level stars. You got Ron Howard. Oh. I should have um, watched this. Slow driving. All right. Uh, you got Lawrence Fishburne. You've got uh, oh, you got Quincy Jones. I missed out. You got all, right. all these people like slow riding up to a club, and they're all serious. And just to watch like balding Ron, Ron Howard, Howard yeah. serious like you know gangster traveling to a tr- a club, and then they all get in, and the club is like all red, and everybody's just dancing, and it's all kind of slow. It's like everybody's in molasses. It's so weird to to like see all these people interacting with each other in this gangster way. And you see even like Ron Howard looks at the camera sometime and he almost like gives a knowing little glance. Like he's this big player and you're like, this is a fucking parody. The whole thing is a parody. They're fucking making this is fucking making fun of shit. 
That's what the, and maybe not, if they're serious, like I, I can't imagine how anybody would be serious making that video. And I feel the same well, way. Have, I, have, I know. I feel the same way about the song. The song. Yeah. Because everything is so over the top. Okay. And the effects are over the top. It's choppy in so many ways. Like they, they make these right turn, left turns. I mean, sometimes it's just it so had, like, strange. No emotional impact to me. Like I, I listened to it a few times and it was like, like, I always said kind of like, it was like kind of like, uh, you ever read a, like read a book, right? And like, you're reading a page and you kind of like glaze over it. Oh, I got to reread that again. Yes. You oh know, yeah. Yeah. Like you're, cause you, maybe you're half sleeping or something or, or you're thinking or even, about something you just else. Kind of like, right. You yeah. kind of zone out. Yeah. Like the book's just not that exciting. You just kind of like, Oh, I got to reread that page. Or else I'm going to, I listen. That's how I felt listening to this song. I kept like zoning out. I was like, Oh, this is like, it just like, it had no, uh, it just didn't, didn't resonate with me at all. The drum beat is so weird. Everything is so weird about this song. Even the song, like the blame it on the, ah, 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 ah. it's like so choppy how they do it. It's so weird. I'd want to play a little bit of it okay, too, because yeah, right, right. the beginning, actually the first, you know, 30 seconds kind of summarizes the song for me. Okay. Like they do this triplet weird thing and the kick. Here we go. It's so weird. It's, and all the big verb and echo. I think it's just, maybe Jamie Foxx doesn't like, I think he's like not a great singer. He is a great singer. I know, he is, well, I, maybe this this medium or this this vehicle is, doesn't work for him for well, me. He, I think, so this is definitely, uh, so it's T-Pain again. Right. Here we are. And so T-Pain is like that. He likes to sound, you know, with the vocoder or the, um, you know, or the pitch correction. Who was like, that just singing it? it was, that was Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, right. But if it's produced by T-Pain, or if oh, T-Pain is saying. part All of right. the production yeah, and right. part of the writing, it's just, the, it's kind of the way that, that's his technique. But this is so far past what T-Pain would normally, because you, you heard him in, you know, with uh, with Kanye or whatever. Yeah. Chris and, Brown too, right? And Chris Brown. And it's, you know, you'll hear him, you'll hear when T-Pain comes on, excuse me, you'll hear that effect. You'll hear like the vocoder effect and the, the pitch correct, but it won't be on the rest of the song. Mm. This is like if you took that effect, those effects that T-Pain normally puts on his voice and just enveloped the entire song with it. That's what it feels like. Like they just, Jamie's like, turn that fucking knob up <laughs> all the way on the entire mix. That's what it, that's what it feels like. The whole thing is like just saturated. Um, but here's Jamie Foxx singing. A country song. He loves country. Okay. Live. Yeah. Just kind of bored. Yeah, but well, that's because of the song. I mean, no, but I was kind of bored listening to this. I think his voice bores me. Oh, that could be it. I, I mean, he's, he's a great so, actor. So okay, so he has actually about his voice. He's got good timbre. He's got good, like, really good pitch correction. Good control. Okay. It might be slightly nondescript. He doesn't necessarily have a style. There's nothing there for it. It's like, it's like a like water. Well, it's interesting because he's sold five million records in his yeah. life. Um, in fact, talented he, guy. Very. That's the thing. Uh, that was what I wrote. It's he is one of the most talented people on the planet. Yeah, I, 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 I buy that. You know, he's kind of he, like he's the triple threat. Yeah, I mean, he can do but he can anything, do, but he, he can, can do comedy, he can do comedy, and he can do like all the serious shit. Right, he even did he's like great and like, he even does like a sports film like any given Sunday. Yep, which is like. You know, or rock. He plays kind of like the drug. Uh, did you ever did you ever watch that TV show, Rock with uh, Oh, oh Rock with uh, Charles S. Dutton? Yeah, he was he like the neighbor. Yeah, he was like the sort of the stoned out 
Goofy oh, neighbor, right. um, kid neighbor. Charles S. Dutt, by the way, in Sopranos. That's right. Um, uh, no, he's but just, he, right. so he's he does a huge that, range. He does collateral, you know. Which I love. I know you don't like it as much as me, but I love I, that I like film. It. It's Dude? good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. Um, yeah. it's, it's a good movie. And, he, it, and he's very good in it. Does he win the Oscar for that one? He wins no, the Oscar he won for, for Oscar for Ray, right? He did not win for Ray. He won. Hold on. I do have it here. Oh, my God. I do have did it. Did he here. win an Oscar? He yeah, yeah, he's won an Oscar. Um, he let's see. I'm well, gonna find Jamie Foxx's filmography. It it, it it you forget how many good movies he's in. He's been in a ton. Um, he's also been in some bad stuff too. But yes, no, yes. I think he does a better job. No, you're right. Parts than Denzel does. He was nominated. Yes, totally. He was nominated for Collateral, and he won for Ray. You're absolutely I was right. right. Hey, do you know what though? He was nominated for both. Um, Collateral and Ray. In the same year, the same year, yeah, just like Sigourney, yeah, right, yeah, just like yeah, uh, just like uh, Scarlett Johansson this year. Wait, did that happen for her this year? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so rare to get like a yeah. you know actor, actress, and supporting in the same year. That's so weird. Um, he's also an elite company because he's one of four people to have a number one album and an Oscar. Can you name one of the others? Wow, Robert Streisand. Yep, that's one. Um, you could probably get another. I would guess. One's a little bit out so there. So it's a number one, number one album and, and, and Oscar. Oscar. So it's got Streisand. We got Fox. Yep. There's one big one. You'll kick yourself. Give me initials. Uh, F S. I don't know. Frank Sinatra. Oh, and Bing Crosby. Bing, Bing Crosby. I would see yeah. like that one's a, that one's a little hard one. I think maybe white Christmas and then his albums, but anyway, one of four acts. So he's like, He's pretty, I think he's really an elite company in terms of uh, his skill set. Uh, and, and that must be an Oscar for acting, right? Not an Oscar for like song. Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, because Streisand's won a few, I think. Well, other people, I mean, Streisand won one for acting, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right. But like other people have won, like Lady Gaga's won an Oscar. Right. You know what I mean? For but, best song. But she's, oh, you no, know, that's what I mean. I, that's, yeah, for, for, for actor or actress. Right. Um, yeah, he's an elite elite talent. So born Eric Marlon Bishop changed his name to Jamie Foxx um, because he was doing standup. That was like one of his first, he was, yeah. he played, uh, he played piano since he was five. So he's a musician first and that's actually your critique of him. I think is apt and boils down to what he pays what he paid attention to. I know he loves music obviously, but you know, most of his career he's, he's really dedicated to acting. So I, you know, he's, he's a phenomenal actor. He's a really great actor. And maybe if he paid that much, you know, if he did that much time and effort with music, he might, you know, he might've, he might've done the same the thing. Bo, in music. The Bo he Jackson argument, right? If Bo Jackson had yeah. focused on one of the sports. He would have been even better. Oh, that's, that's the argument, right? That's sick. Yeah. Um, so he went to school for perform for performance and for, and for composition. So he, he really loved music, but the first thing that he did was stand up and he changed his name to honor red Fox, but also because he saw that women were getting uh, like easier entry into open mics. So he, Jamie Fox is a more Fox, like yeah. androgynous name, which I thought was kind of interesting in living color as we know, which doesn't on rewatch. It doesn't, that doesn't hold. I remember no. laughing a lot when I watched it when I was a kid, but it is impressive that at one time he's one of the top sketch comedy guys in exactly. the country because even sketch and stand up are two different beasts. Totally different things because you're going to win doesn't mean you're going to the other right and yeah, I mean yeah, we talked about that in last episode the, uh, improv. Oh but, improv. But, yeah, sorry. but uh, you know I, at this point you're almost like what what Jamie Foxx I can't do yeah kind of thing. I mean why didn't he get I know it was a good year from film, but why didn't he get nominated for Django? I don't know if it doesn't make sense. He's so good in that. He's really good in that. 
I mean, that film did the screenplay one. It didn't win best picture. He was up against uh, uh, Christoph Waltz won for um, for supporting. Right. But it was um, what the hell's his name? Uh, he played Lincoln. Um, oh, it's Daniel Lewis. Yeah, he won for Lincoln, but, right. but not to be nominated seemed a little weird. Yeah, I agree for that one. Um, yeah, Fox and T Bane. Okay, so this song hit number two on the Hot 100. Okay, he has won multiple Grammys. Uh, but usually as like a, he won for this, but then he also won for, he won with, uh, yeah, so he won like best duo for this, right? Yeah, it was R and B duo, yeah. I think. And then he won, um, for, uh, gold digger, okay. which I mean, he didn't really do much right. there. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right. Let me move on. If there's nothing else to say. Oh, well, I'm looking through my shit here. Dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's it. <laughs> you want to move on? That's the Sanford and Son theme. Well, I know, it's, red, like, it's not really good radio when you're on your phone. Like, like, what have I looked at? It's a podcast. Like, it's not radio. Whatever. It's not, not good. Not good stuff to have our listeners listen to. Hearing you like putter about your list. Like, let's go. Let's hey, get to this cheese. Let's go. We all putter. That's it. No, that's it. All right. Well, Jesus Christ. Massing is always like, have I covered this yet? Have I? <laughs> have we done this yet? He's checking boxes. Like, let's go. I wonder if it's more believable that you're the old man in this relationship or that I am. You are older than I am. I know, but I think most people would consider you more crotchety older than me. Uh, let's talk personal Yeah, let's stories. talk about personal stories. So, Do you want to uh, go first? Okay. Okay. Um, so, we're in 2009. Yeah, June. Okay. So, I thought uh, what might be an interesting topic is um, the where I was working for this like period of time. Let's talk about that job in general. So I, I was working for a company from uh, 2007 yeah. till I left for New York in uh, 2012. Was it a paper for, company? It was, yeah. Okay. So it's a, uh, it was a company that uh, in New Hampshire that um, mainly dealt with specialized paper. So like security paper. So like check paper uh, right. has special securities on it. Yeah. Uh, they also did other kind of papers like waterproof paper, other things like that, uh, that you might need like really highly like specialized paper. But most of the, uh, the sales that we had were in check writing, check, okay. check, check paper. Now, would you sell to the consumer? Or would you sell to like banks and stuff? Uh, no companies. Okay. So like companies that did payroll, like they did their own payroll. Oh, I see. Yeah. That was like primary. ADP, you would, you would do their paper or something. And no, uh, a little bit, no more think like a company has their own, like, oh, like, just internal, uh, like okay. a large company that might cut their own checks. I see. That would be uh, the ideal company. So the other thing we sold was printers and check writing software because um, print check printers are different than regular printers yeah. because the toner is magnetic. So you know that it's called the microline, M-I-C-R. You know that, that bottom line in your check that's those crazy numbers, yep. look like computer numbers? Yeah. Those are called micro, and that's how the check is read, and it's actually a magnetic font in the toner. And so we sold the printers, and then we sold the toner, and then we also sold the check stock. So yeah, you can come to us, and you can you know have right. all those things. Um, so I started off, it was my first real... I sold new, I sold newspaper advertising in Florida in yeah. 2005 and that was kind of a real job and not really. And then I uh, moved to New Hampshire and then I worked for a company called PC connection, which is a giant fortune five fortune uh, 1000 company. Yeah. It's the only fortune 1000 company in New Hampshire at the time. Um, and, uh, I was just kind of like another like cog in the wheel, like the most low level sales guy you could have there. And after a year, they kind of like, this training program is really good there, but they just kind of like grind you out. Like, yeah. It was just, you know, it's With a telemarketing type of situation. Yeah. Cold call you're, shit. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, you can't only do like, that other so IT guys who get her getting 9,000. It's, it's right. a brutal job. Right. So, you know, did that. And then, uh, I kind of used that leverage to get a job in cause they wanted someone at, at uh, the other company I work for to have like a, a position in like technology, have some technology background. Sure. So <laughs> that's, that's funny. funny for it's me, right? <laughs> I know. Cause I'm like the least tech guy ever, yes. but I actually did take those classes. I had some, 
I could kind of like fake it till I made it. Right. So I went and worked at this other company uh, in Dover uh, uh, that I ended up kind of working from like seven to the company's called Relico. And uh, it's a good company. It's still there. If you need check writing stuff, go to Relico. Yeah, maybe I'll knock on it. You're going to print your own checks. But so I did that. So I went there and I was kind of like the junior sales guy there. And I uh, sold uh, the the check. Like I so I was just like I was like the last guy on totem pole kind of thing. I was the youngest person in sure. the office, uh, and I kind of worked my way up a little bit. And I ended up becoming more focused on the software side because believe it or not, I was still like the tech guy of this office. <laughs> so uh, I uh, I ended up just focusing just from the software side. So I ended up um, kind of companies would come to us and we would code their checks for them. I so, see. Um, so you'd program it in and exactly. It's I see. Very basic coding. Yeah, I'm I, sure. I'm, if you know me at all, if you've heard this podcast, we talked about. I'm like the least. Wait, tech you guy were doing ever. the coding? Yeah. <laughs> but it was like super basic. I mean, I did a good job. It was all the companies needed, but anything beyond like writing code for checks, I have no, yeah, that was it. no idea. Um, but um, but at any time though, I could have like written a check for myself. For you could have ten million dollars and like left the country. I mean, you know, someone would have. Someone would have noticed. Yeah, but, but you know, obviously you probably should have done like the office space thing in like one penny from every single one. Right, right. Round that penny up. <laughs> right. I was thinking like, you know, if you just do want to do that, you know, if the company was large enough and you did it, you know, how long would it take before they realized it? And 10 million is you know, a big chunk. Or whatever. Say 3 million. How much to live in the, over, you know, some foreign country or whatever. How, how far would that get you? It's interesting. Three thought. million would get you a long way, but uh, but no, but they would notice quickly. You I know, think so if it, too. If it's a hundred million dollar company, that's three percent of their you know right. annual sale. That would right. be a big deal. How so, long? I wonder how long it would take. It would take a very short amount of time. Because it would so have to, it would have to be a like a billion dollar company who wouldn't notice, but right. then you wouldn't be doing the checks for this company. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they would have that internally. Right. right. So I don't. I, I never just don't did think it. it. I never. Never. This is what you daydreamed about though in your Not lunch break. Really, but like it was kind of a joke around the office. Yeah. Like you know, if you have, if we write myself a check, I could co- I could write these like. Checks like it was, it was. You could do multiple smaller ones. Yeah. I think you could get away with it. But, but then I, it's no, not I don't. It. I don't steal. I always feel. Yeah. I. It's like you know what? Like I always think about like you know you know Robert Banks. Like you know is let's say you got no. away with it. I'd always be so afraid of someone finding out and getting me. I feel. I got to work behind my shoulder the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. Like do I need anything? I, I don't need anything that bad. No, like, you don't. You know, like what do you need? What am I going to buy with this money? No. Like nothing. oh you know like you the whole idea of me for money the whole idea of money to me is it buys you like peace and like totally power but if i'm if i rob someone to get it then i don't feel at peace no never i'd be nervous my whole life so i don't i don't steal so i never steal i never che- i don't cheat like even when no. I'm playing board games i never cheat i no. always follow rules because i'm always like who am i cheating i'm cheating myself even if i win i won't feel like i earned yeah, you're not gonna it. feel good so i don't i don't do any of that stuff so no. uh but i you know it, i worked there and so i worked there and uh it was a good job it was I, we mentioned, I think, on one of the other episodes, like that was when I came into work, hang, I hung over for the That's first, right. I, I think just, it was last episode yeah. of the episode before. They're all planning together to me. And it was like, oh man, like I was such an idiot. You know, I, this is kind of where I learned to be like kind of professional. But I you kinda, weren't even, you were 30 at this point. Well, when I started working, I was 27. Still, that's kind of old. To, well, I remember I had worked in and out of like baseball. Yeah, you're right. Like, so I it wasn't like a real. Office. Like I still went to work every day, but like by 20, 27, I mean, I had worked in advertising. Yeah, I, yeah, I had yeah. worked at PCS for a year, but like, this is the first time I had like real like responsibility. And I like, you know, I had, we had like, you know, we had the condo and right. Just, I felt like I kind of like I had, like I couldn't just like flake out and never go. Like I had like somewhat like real responsibilities where I had to kind of like get my, plus I kind of yeah. wanted to get my shit together. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I, I kind of want to make this like a job for a while, like a career. This is the first like career kind of job I have. If, I don't know if it is late. Is that late? For me, it was, but 
Uh, yeah, we just all grew up. I don't think it's different. the case anymore. I think if anything, my, oh, no. my, mine's the norm now. Probably, yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, it worked until I was. No, I had a house when I was twenty-four. Like that's uh, really weird. Yeah, that's I was weird. Up. No one, I don't know anyone has a house twenty-four. I knew early on. Like I, I, I knew I had to be independent early on. So I just, I just kind of like, figured, I was like, you know, I'm just going to enjoy this time, kind of figure it out. And, uh, and I did, and I, I enjoyed my time there. I learned a lot as far as like, how to, I said, mostly how to be a professional yeah. and I had a really good mentor there that like, not only taught me like how to like write this code or taught me how to like sell software and stuff like that, but also yeah. kind of like taught me to like, Oh, Chris, you can't No, what I remember I wanted to go and ask for a raise. And like, the, what I want to ask for was like ridiculous, like 30% raise. It's oh, like okay. insane. Like you oh, can't like, I, oh, I like, like, he's like, Chris, you definitely have earned a race. But why don't you scale that back a little bit? And here's how you maybe ask for that race. So just having someone oh, that's kind good. Of, yeah. Yeah. And he was like a really good, good guy yeah. to kind of like lead, help me. And his name's Doug. And he kind of like helped me like, Hey, smooth some rough edges off some, some of the, you know, things, which I think every young person needs now. Totally office. needs. You know, yeah. I always try to like pay that forward whenever I could in offices moving forward. Um, did you, do you still, do you know where Doug is? Have you ever, uh, he's, still, ever he's still right. He ended up leaving. He, he does, um, he, he uh, does like Salesforce. Um, yeah. Uh, integration for like larger companies. Yeah. Cause we, up, we actually connect? adopted Salesforce at Ryko and right. he ended up really uh, like loving the product and he was really uh. good at teaching it. He was really good at integrating it. He's like, you know what? This is kind of really my passion is. Uh, and he ended up, and then when he did that, that's when I took over the software department. Oh yeah. He was running it. I was like his apprentice. And then I did that uh, until I left for New York. Once um, a student, now I'm the master. Right. I was. Yeah. And it was, that was a fun responsibility too. He's like, all right, now I am in charge. People rely own. on me. Right. right. I'm the only one that does it. It was a very small department. In, but still. I, I had my own office. It was a windowless office, wow. but I had my own office. That's cool. And I was like, all right, I'm finally getting some responsibility and some. So that's kind of like where I was this time. Actually, this time right now is right around when Doug like left, I think. Ah. So I was like, oh fuck. Like I got to really like, because when we say June, I'm like, oh, you know, that summer I worked my ass off. Like I was doing, you know, like 60 hour weeks. I'd go in, I would try to be like the first person in the office, try to be the last person. I remember going on the weekends, just trying to like, cause I was like, I got dealt this huge level of yeah. responsibility. And I was, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to really make this work. It was the first time in my life I really put that shift and like, all right, I'm not, instead of being like, kind of like fuck around, be like, I'm going to really like learn this and really develop yeah. myself. And I felt really like proud, like the job. I think I did a good job for them. And I left, you know, with, you know, they gave me a really nice recommendation. I went to New York and, um, that was a, that was a, this was a, but at this moment in life, I think I might've just been working my ass off in my windowless office. Well done. Yeah. What were you doing? I think we all need, we all need that. We all need to like f- have a situation, have a wake up moment where we're like, all right, pedal to the fucking metal. I'm just going to get down and go to, you know, get to business here. I think there's a time in all of us when professionally we kind of like shift Yep. and you become like, you know, stop being a kid or stop being like a young adult and you become like an adult. Yeah. And like this time I like this Ryko era was like when I made that shift was very clear to me is when I made it because you know after that I was in New York City and I was like all right well I'm a professional now but when I got to Ryko I was like, I was not that was a fuck up yeah cool yeah uh this is a weird time for me so I'm halfway through my California stay okay I'm living in Oakland in yep. an apartment it's actually a nice apartment that uh my buddy and uh my buddy Andrew came out and lived with me in California for a while but he ended up he did like tours so he was on the road a lot and he ended up actually not staying there at all and and leaving eventually but it was this pretty big apartment for downtown Oakland like 1200 square feet super modern um like fourth floor like nice view and just a beautiful really nice apartment and I was making good money I was running a you know the the um ophthalmology practice so I, but I had just um, ended a relationship with uh, my significant other. The reason why I went out to California right. in the first place, the preceding fall. So it was like September of October of 2008 when that happened. So, so you've been single for like nine I had, months? No, this okay. is the weird part. So like a month after I get into another relationship really quick. Okay. I find this woman who, I should you not, 
is like my doppelganger. She's exactly like me, except for female. Okay. Same sense of humor, same neuroses, same likes, um, same type a same mannerisms. It's like, it was, I've, I can't ever, you would never expect this to happen in your life. Um, but it did. It was like a fucking mirror in terms of actions. And you know, she didn't look anything like me, but, um, we get along. She's just like me. Remember that Seinfeld? With no, because I don't like Seinfeld. So, um, what? Are, you, are you serious? The yeah. exact same thing happens to Jerry. Well, and he immediately he learned it from and, me and he gets like in a, like a really serious relationship really fast there. That's what happened to me yes. because all the things that you like about yourself or appreciate about yourself. This is the whole you see. In, How do you not like Seinfeld? This, this is, this is, yeah, the, never, it never hit for me. Dumb. I never liked his stand up. Don't like his humor. Like he Seinfeld as well. Yeah, oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and like we liked the same thing. We would take walks around Lake Merritt. Oh, it was it was cool at first. Okay. But then I'm probably this happened in the fucking Jerry episode. Maybe I dreamed this whole thing it was this big surreal moment it, for it, me. This sounds ex- exactly what happens. Well, this is the, what happens is you you start to see all the negative parts of your personality reflect back right yes. back at you. And and it was bad. It got ugly. Like all these things that I don't like about myself, I'm seeing this other person. Um, and so we would we started to fight and argue. And it was so ugly because we would argue the same way with each other and I would get lost. Like I'm usually, I'm kind of an unfair arguer. Sometimes I don't think I'm as bad. You've seen this on this show. Probably here. Not with you. (laughs) Uh, No, but I, you know, I'll, I'm smart enough where I can like, I, and I, I just, you know, I can kind of logic down the argument basically, but in a mean way, in a mean way, look at the, look at the big boy pants on Matt. No, I don't, I don't find this as a good no, okay. trait of mine at all, but we would both be doing that to each other. So we would just find these yeah, circles right, right, yes. and it would just go around and around. And we would just, at the end, it would just be so sad because we could like, we didn't know where we were anymore in the conversation. And so, um, basically I, she moved in because so my buddy Andrew wasn't staying anymore and I needed someone to move in with me and was right. like, okay. And like a month in and we're like, all right, well, she needed a place to stay. She moved in and yeah. Like a few months later, I woke up just dreading life because I'm like, yeah. we've intertwined our shit and nothing uh. is working. It is so fucking ugly. Yeah. But um, the cool thing is, is uh, I'm a pretty reasonable person for the most part. And she was a pretty reasonable person. So we okay. actually, we, we were able to end it in a pretty cool way. Like she's like, okay, just sort of a matter of fact, okay, this is where we are. This is the reality of the situation so that I, you know, I need to get an apartment here and I need to get an apartment. And we just sort of did that. We didn't like, you know, our money wasn't right. Know, whatever. Right. Um, but still it's a place it's to live. Still, and it's oh. a pain in the ass. Yeah. And moving shit in and moving shit out and still, you know, going through that, you know, yes, you've I lived do. with someone after, right. Do. You know what that's like. Not fun. No. And it was definitely worse for you than it was for me because yes. I just didn't have as much baggage right. and length of time. But, uh, but so June was that break point where oh, we okay. moved oh, all right. into two separate places. Okay. And we sort of saw each other on and off for like a, a little, like a few more kind of weeks or months or so, maybe a month or six weeks or something. And then it just sort of dissolved and it was gone. Um, it was a real weird time. And I was so raw because the relationship that ended right. was a six year relationship was a with this woman one. who was going to marry. Um, I went out there to support through chiropractic school and whatever. And to have that end and me be all alone in California with nobody like that sucks. Yeah. And you don't, like I didn't create roots there because I knew I was eventually going to come back to New Hampshire and it's so transient anyway. I was doing music stuff and play, you know, playing yep. at clubs and things, but the music scene was transient. People were in and Sounds out. Sounds like New York and the comedy scene. It's like, yeah, right. No one has the music scene. No, it's I mean, hard to make friends because right. it's, it's everyone's just like looking around, looking for the next thing. Oh, and, I just got here yeah. from Omaha and yeah. then they're gone. And like, oh, you're a cool person. Actually, most of the people that I liked were from elsewhere. 
it oh. seemed like either from back east or from from the middle part of the country. Those are most of the people that I connected. All the friends with. I had were people who lived there the whole life that were in transient. Really, friends that were. Well, that's a good idea, but I just maybe I was avoiding it on purpose a little bit too because I just I didn't I wasn't gaining roots. So who were the people that I saw? All my work people, but they were either the doctors who were my employers or they were staff. And I, you know, I was the, I was the most senior employee there. So I couldn't, there's no, I had no peer, yeah, no peer. And so I meet this woman and she's a peer and we're just like each other. And then, you know, so that was that period in my life. Really, really weird. That doesn't sound fun. No. Um, the real sad thing though is, so it's been, you know, it's been 10, 11 years. You know, I haven't, she was a few years younger than me is a few years younger than me. Um, I'd love to talk to her. Do you think she's doing a podcast now? Fuck yeah. About like pop culture stuff too. I know where she is. She's in California. It's a little, that's kind of an odd situation. Um, she worked for a Cairo who I love. This guy was really cool. And they're both, they both moved out of the Bay area and they are in Southern California. It's strange that they're in Southern California together. So I wonder if they got together. Maybe they did. Yeah, that's I, very I'm strange. I'm interested in the fact that she's doing a podcast now. I should find out. I actually I really because she's no one. No one understands me like she understands me. It it's impossible to. It really is. So I would. I'd love to talk to her. Maybe I she re- does parody songs for another podcast. She's not music. That's the one thing that's different. She's not a musician. Did she hit like Radiohead? Loves Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah. But she also liked uh, Florence and the Machine. She thought I'd really dig that. I like Florence and the Machine a lot. Oh, they suck. Um, Oof, my ex uh, loved Florence and the Machine. Yeah, that yeah. seems that seems about right. Oh no! Uh, oh, uh, she was the one that gave me um, that gave me the the uh, the hangover. She was she loved the hangover. Oh yeah, and I was like kind of lukewarm on it. And yeah, so we really are reviving this this time then for you. We are. Uh, I'd love to talk to her. I should reach out and just just because. What are you gonna say though? Right? It's weird, I don't know. Right? I, you know I, I mean, was like, eh. we were always really good at like just like well, dropping the, the bullshit. What if she's right now thinking I should? I, I hope she is. I would love to talk to her. She sent me an email a few months later, which was really negative. Like I, oh no, almost kind of like I overpromised, underdelivered, because it really was a very intense thing right on. Yeah. But it wasn't just me; it was both of us. And but then, I mean, I think I was probably faster too that this isn't going to work, right? Than she was, which is odd for me. Usually, I'm the I'm an overcommitter. You are too. Yeah, I am too. Yes. Uh, but uh, but uh, that's a little. That's not my nature. Um, but I knew. I knew in and Seinfeld. They break up at the same time because they're both the same. So it's a mutual breakup and like no yeah. one believes it's mutual. It's like, it was, we broke up at the same time. That was not how, I mean, we both sort of decided, but it was really the, like I made the, I'm, I kind of started that process. Um, I'm older. So maybe I think maybe a, that maturity level is, is, was maybe a little bit of the difference there. But anyway, I'd love to talk to her. Hmm. Call me. She doesn't have my number. She has my email. Do you think she goes into the show? Oh, I, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think because I'm cu- like, I was curious about her. So I know like, so I know where she is. Right. It's easy. You know, there's social media and shit. It's yeah. not hard to find, but yeah. so she, pro- I bet she probably knows where I am. Yeah. Um, she knew when I started uh, dating Barbara, which hurt her, you know, oh, it wasn't no. that long after it was a f- just three or four months. <laughs> See, once again, I go from three or four months after we uh, Barbara. Yeah. And so that her, even though we were apart, we weren't together. So she was, she was not, she was not team Matt. Yeah. Then, right. um, which makes me sad because I don't like to be thought of as a bad person or doing bad things, but, um, or disappoint. Like I didn't want to, I don't want to disappoint her. I don't know. I don't ever want to hurt her. Like I understand her. So maybe someday. Wow. Yeah. That's it. All right. Well, we're back next week. We're back next week. Uh, we'll have, oh, we're back on. It's Mon- so good. Back on Monday. Yes. Yeah, so with, with, 
It's trying to be a supersized episode because we're going to talk Departed. The Departed's the first one, yeah, right? That's the first one. on Monday. I, I, there's so many layers and yeah, things. Whether it be Scorsese, yeah. DiCaprio, Nicholson, Damon. There's so many ways to go with this. I, I don't even, I don't even, I haven't looked at the songs yet. I don't know. Uh, I put them in the Slack, but I can't remember. I haven't looked at yeah. And then we have, uh, so yeah, we have, we have Departed. And then uh, Wednesday, uh, Prestige. And then Friday is Borat. Yeah, we're back on Monday with Departed and just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, our first Scorsese movie. It's yeah, our first, that's really good. It's our first DiCaprio, right? Yes. It's our have, first yep. Damon, I think. It's our first Nicholson. I think you're right on, on all accounts. Like, that's crazy. I know. Yeah. Like, we're finally hitting some of these yeah. touchstones. Uh, we still haven't hit a Tar- Tarantino, but... That'll happen. Hopefully. But that's I totally said I finally get a Scorsese. I've been dying. Yeah, me too. So... That'll be fun. Yeah, Monday. First Nolan. First Nolan. I perceive we are... Yeah. This, this week this is, is... This is really good. Yeah. 2000... Yeah. Uh, it was a 2009... We're, We're still in 2009? No, 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 2006. No, six. I, I keep doing this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, I tweeted about it. Yeah, 2006 is a sneaky good movie year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've got our first Nolan and our first Scorsese and then um, maybe one of the funniest comedies ever all in the same week. Pretty damn good. All right, we'll catch you next week then. See you Monday. See you.